Hey, welcome back to the Just Eat Normally podcast with me, Dr. Rachel Evans. And this is a mini Christmas series. Um, I wish I had like some bells or something for a little jingle intro. Um, so just imagine that now. I can't even make a bell noise with my mouth. That's really difficult. Um, but we're just going to get going. And so this podcast is a kind of like overview, general principles, um, some thoughts and ideas kind of podcast. Uh, and then we'll do one with more like specifics for if you are restricting and specifics for if you're binging and the kind of questions like, ah, how do I not binge over Christmas? Um, the stuff in this episode will help you, but it's kind of a more high level um, episode, which will make sense when we get into it. So first thing that I wanted to say is Christmas period is less than 10 days. So that includes if we start before Christmas, like before Christmas Eve and go after New Year, we've gone through Christmas Day, which is often um, associated with a lot of food, that weird like post-Christmas period when you don't know what day it is, and then past New Year, which is peak like let's start a new diet time. And so I hope this is right, but I calculated that 10 days is less than 2.7% of the year. And I think we make it seem worse than that because often we start getting anxious about it. Like after Halloween, you've probably been stressed out about Halloween, um, Americanism candies, all the candies at Halloween. And then you're like, oh God, it's going to be Christmas soon um, and start to worry about it. So it feels worse than it is. In reality, there's probably only a few days um, that you're not so in control around food. And by that, I mean, maybe other people are preparing it for you um, and those sort of situations. So sometimes it can just help to put it into perspective when you're freaking out, actually not that many days of the year. I can get through that. Um, and also I think people worry about being out of their routine over Christmas, but again, for a lot of people, um, which might not apply to you if you're listening, but for a lot of people, there are days over that Christmas period that you can be in your regular routine. So that was the first thing that I wanted to say. Um, it's possibly not as big and scary as um, your brain is making it seem at the minute. Um, a second kind of point is I've called this coping over Christmas um, because long pause, my brain is trying to get, <laughs> get around this, but I think it's more realistic for a lot of people for how can we manage things over Christmas so it doesn't get the eating disorder, like symptoms and thoughts don't get worse. Um, how can we cope with situations rather than thinking like, oh, I'm going to have this perfect ideal Christmas and make a ton of progress, which you could. Some of my clients have done in the past, like they've found it a really positive way to challenge themselves because they felt supported um, to do that. But for a lot of people, it's just like, okay, how can I make it through um, through this period? Um, and I just want to say as well, and it's important for loved ones of someone who is struggling with an eating disorder to understand like the eating disorder doesn't just go away because it's Christmas so some people might be able to have a very nice day on Christmas without the worries without the behaviors but it's quite unlikely that that would happen and um, that those those thoughts are just going to disappear because it's Christmas it's not like a Christmas miracle usually 
Um, so just make sure that if your um, friends or family do know about the eating disorder, that they are aware, okay, it doesn't just turn off um, for one day, even though I might want it to, uh, which we're going to come on to that in a minute um, about friends and family. Um, I did just want to say that some of my clients have had massive wins over Christmas and I've got a testimonial on my website from my client B, who is lovely. I'm actually going to um, message her this Christmas as well to see how she's getting on because we're not working together anymore. Um, but last year we'd worked together for a couple of months before Christmas. And then she said, I had my first real, truly happy Christmas with my family in the past 15 years, focused on love, on connecting with my family and tasting and enjoying food, being more mindful and on sitting with any discomfort to truly break the cycle of making myself sick. So for her, like I say, it's not magic. It's not the most perfect Christmas ever. It's the best Christmas and truly happy Christmas in the past 15 years. She said she did have some old thoughts about, oh, is that too many calories or, oh, um, should I make myself sick after that? But because of the work that we'd done, she was in a place that she could like talk back to that thought, dismiss that thought, actually focus on what was important to her about Christmas. So my kind of first sort of action point um, for you is to take stock about what is important to you about Christmas. Um, so that might be spending time with family and friends. It might be that you love getting presents, whatever it is, like what is important to you specifically about Christmas? And you can write that down or come back to <laughs> come back to this episode, write it down. Um, and then also I want you to have a think about what is the eating disorder saying? What is important to the eating disorder? Um, possibly eating in a certain controlled way possibly it's worrying what people are going to say about your body um so have a think about what is worrying you over Christmas and kind of get this um bird's eye view of the situation because sometimes when we put it down on paper as well even just writing out that worry then we're like oh it seems really big in my head but how likely is that to happen probably not for some thoughts probably not that likely for some possibly yes likely um which will come on to how to deal with that. Um, so taking stock, what's important to you? And also how is this different to what's important to the eating disorder? And starting to have a look about how those disorder thoughts getting in the way of what's actually important to you. Um, yeah, I know I had a lot of like um, difficult conversations with my parents around Christmas when I was struggling with restricting um, and I was like very unhappy when Christmas was like very very unhappy um because of the eating disorder and that is totally different to actually what is important to me so sometimes when we can kind of see that discrepancy it can make us a bit more motivated to actually challenge things so they don't have to be as impacted next year because we've already done some of the work this year so point number two is about negotiating and compromising. Um, so you might have what's important to you and you might have your expectations about Christmas, like what you want to happen, um, but it can be different to what our family expect. And so actually 
that can obviously be in terms of food, which is what we're kind of talking about now. Um, but it can even be in terms of like, I know sometimes um, it gets really stressful in my family about like, oh, let's see this person on this day. Let's see this relative on this other day. Oh, we need to go and do this. Um, and me and my husband are a bit more like, oh, we just want to chill out. Like we'll see people when we see people. Um, but it's important for other members of our family to have this schedule of when everyone um, is doing everything, which there's not a right or wrong. Um, but I think it is about compromising um, and sort of working around each other. Um, and sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to say this in a nice way because I don't know who's listening or how vulnerable you're feeling. But I think if you're expecting other people to go out of their comfort zone or out of their way to accommodate you, so that might be that, um, which we'll come to talk about in other episodes, that you're asking them not to talk about certain things around the dinner table they probably expect that you're going to have some give also um and if you're not in a place to do that and make some compromises or even like I think if you're not in that place to make the compromises if you're like this is so anxiety provoking I just can't deal with these situations um then explain to people and tell them um, but I think that's also really an indication that it would be really good for you to get some one-to-one support. Hopefully you're feeling like, okay, these things are scary, but here's my, where I could, you know, um, not concede, but give a little bit here and expect a little bit there. Um, so what I think can be helpful is if you have a think about one specific situation. So let's say like Christmas dinner. Um and have a think about like, what would be a good outcome for that? What would be better? And what would be the best scenario? Um, so a good outcome might be that you sit and eat with your family to a point that you um, have got the nutrition that your body needs for the day. Um, and, you know, you've managed to manage to manage your um, thoughts around it. And maybe family like haven't made comments to you about food or body image. Actually, maybe that would be <laughs> what we're coming on to. We're going to do good, better and best. So good might be someone has said something, but you've managed to cope with it. Uh, then we'll then think about better and then think about best. So best might be no one's made a comment. You felt fine. Depending on what we were struggling with at the minute, it might be that you've also eaten something that is out of your comfort zone. Um but you feel okay about it and you enjoyed it. So have a think about those scenarios. Can also be really helpful um, to speak to your loved ones. So say maybe you're at home with parents or you're inviting someone to your house on Christmas day. And what would be their good, better and best scenarios? Because they're likely to be different to yours. So maybe um, if you're restricting, a parent might ex- or a loved one might expect you to just sit down and eat like a full dinner kind of like everyone else with all the trimmings and you're like actually I'm really not comfortable with that um or someone might kind of their best case scenario is having loads of food around the house but you don't feel kind of okay about that so what is the compromise that you could come to with them so you can all be kind of happy enough and have a nice Christmas so I hope that made sense um it was about negotiating compromising Um, and having that good better and best scenarios to be able to talk about and not getting disappointed if it isn't the best but actually what would be an acceptable um, outcome for everyone to get through 
Christmas in kind of a nice way, like trying to avoid arguments and all of that sort of stuff. So I hope that made sense. The third kind of overall um, principle is the coping sandwich. I don't know if this is an actual thing. (laughs) Maybe it is, but it's what I was thinking of um, is basically if there's an event or a situation that you're worrying about, that would be the middle of the sandwich. Um, And then we would have coping at either side. So that would be before the event. So let's take Christmas dinner again. So what are you going to do in the morning to help calm yourself down, to reduce worries? So that could be that you want to distract yourself and watch a Christmas movie. Could be um, like calling your friend who always makes you feel good. Um, It could be like distracting yourself by playing with the kids. Uh, It could be smelling an essential oil like what are things that you do that you know put you in a good state? And these are positive things as well um, to help your well-being. So it's not like, oh, well, I could reduce my worries if I restrict now because then I can eat later. Like, nope, <laughs> that is not a positive. Uh, that is probably likely to lead to um, more negative outcomes. So if you are prone to binge eating, if you restrict now, you'll probably end up binge eating later. If you are kind of in a restrict mindset, often if you've started restricting, it's kind of hard to actually let yourself eat later. So what would be a positive thing that you can do to help yourself? Okay, then there's the event, um, which in the next few episodes, we're going to be talking maybe more specifics um, about how to deal with the events themselves. But having to think in the event, is there any support that I could give myself or support that I could get from other people to help me cope with that. And then thinking, okay, after the event, maybe something might have happened that might make me uneasy or might make me feel triggered. And then how am I going to regulate myself back down and my emotions afterwards? So again, it could be some of the things that you did before. It could just be having some time to yourself and having a bath. Um, I know that's super cheesy, <laughs> self-care thing. Um, could be reading a new book playing with a new present um like whatever it is but thinking about that coping sandwich because I think often people spend all the time before like you're getting more and more and more anxious so when you get to the event maybe something happens that had you been in a calmer state you might have been able to cope with in a better way and then also afterwards as well some people are so anxious and triggered that you don't give yourself that time and space to kind of come back down um and I call it like decompressing that time to kind of decompress maybe you've like already launched into the next thing and you're just building up this big snowball um which is potentially building up to like really feeling like you need to over exercise or feeling like you need to binge or you need to restrict even more or self-harm or anything um those like unhelpful coping mechanisms so I think it's about making the sandwich uh, and putting those like bookending is that another way to talk about it um the helpful coping strategies um which might be something to start playing around with now maybe you know for yourself what are those things um but if not to start playing around with them so that's a lot (laughs) I always talk super fast um so main points remember that this Christmas period your head is probably telling you oh my god it's Christmas it goes on forever I can't cope with it but actually it's probably less than 10 days and of those days it's probably going to be days that you can stay in your routine um and you know what feels more familiar and better for you um so try and like 
put it back into perspective. Like, yes, there might be difficult days, but there's going to be some less difficult days and it's less than 2.7% of the year. Also have a think for you, how does it feel about like thinking, okay, this is a time to just cope and manage um, and also not set my expectations like super high. But if I did make some good progress, that would be a lovely bonus. Then we talked about like actionable things to do in terms of like taking stock, what's important to you about Christmas, what is the eating disorder saying um, about Christmas and what is the discrepancy there? Like where is your motivation um, to do something else and not let this eating disorder, the thoughts and behaviours um, have a really negative impact about Christmas and also have a think about like, okay, but what is what are the specific situations and events that are worrying me and how can I, again, put those into perspective um, and think about those for your coping sandwich? Um, and also think about those for point number two, which was about negotiating and compromising and having you think about what would be a good, better and best scenario. What are some things I could proactively do to achieve those scenarios, which we're going to talk about more in other episodes in this mini series. Um, and also having you think about what are my family's expectations. So maybe that's what you already what you perceive their expectations to be, or you have a conversation with them about their expectations and kind of negotiate what is going to be a happy medium or hopefully a happy medium. And then number three, coping sandwich. So if there are events and situations that you are more worried about, how can you calm yourself beforehand, get yourself in a good physiological and psychological state for when you get there or people come to you or whatever the situation is. Um, in terms of like the event or the situation itself, what could you do to support yourself or get support from other people? And then how can you help yourself afterwards to decompress and reduce that anxiety? So it's not just like this big snowball over the holidays or like this bubbling pot that's going to like explode and boil over and for things get worse. How can you keep regulating the whole um, of the holidays? So I hope that was helpful. And I will catch you in the next episode.